Welcome, everybody, to QF, a podcast about Howard Stern. And this is Fillmore, a.k.a. Jim Fix, flying solo. And this is actually what um, what I intended to be part of part two of the Robert Plant rescinding, but we just ran too long and I didn't feel it necessary to go through it because, to be honest, there was less I found on the wrap-up show than needed to be there. So what, is, what I did instead was I figured... Even if I didn't get to it, I could make a, an extra episode and just plug it in and you guys could listen to it or junk it. It's just extra content for you guys anyway. I don't think I'm worth hearing solo, but, you know, fuck it. It's there for you for free. So what happened was, uh, we, again, we were running too long. And I also knew that that episode with the content that was in it, part two rather, um, would not be allowed to show or on YouTube. And that's not really are concerned so much because we know through the apps people could they're going to hear our show whether they have it on youtube or not just a lot of people like to use youtube as a um around the house just leaving it on the computer plugging in the bluetooth whatever you know and so i was just happy to get it out there and we're, we're the reception we got from the episode is really good of course so thank you all for uh enjoying it and we had a lot of fun with it as you can tell And um, I decided let's make this a little addendum because we didn't have the wrap-up show clips and I thought it might be interesting to hear Bowie and Rasan and um, especially John Hine ball wash the boss's train wreck. And I'm also going to read some of the articles and comments based on the aftermath and what people heard. So the first clip is called Discussing Wiggy's Attire. But before we get to that... We need to talk about this Robert Plant interview. A very long time coming, Gary. And this is one of those rare instances where you can sense that Howard was excited, nervous, um, acting like a little kid in some ways because of how he feels about Robert Plant and Led Zeppelin. And right after us, you hear the beginning of the show, Howard talks about how he changed clothes for Plant because he thought wearing a Sabbath shirt would be disrespectful. But this is the guy... Now, you have to remember, guys, that post-Marcy Turk and even, in fact, I think post-2013, the wrap-up show ended up being the Suck Howard's Colon show. And, I mean, they were always sycophants, and they were always defending him back in the day. But at least, you know, 12, 13 years ago, they would actually take him to task about things. For example, the Gary's Dinner Party. That was one of the, that was one of the best wrap-up shows ever because they all basically went in on him. And he, he deserved it, like deservedly so. So this is just basically, uh, let's try to clean up the pieces, and uh, you'll hear it for yourselves when you hear the, the rest of the clips. That he spent his high school, you know, he's laying in bed, he's been listening to him for a very long time, and he got to finally get face-to-face with one of his idols today. It was, this interview was a very long time in the works. We, I've probably been working on Robert Plant for 20-plus years. And, you know, I don't think he'd ever heard the show before today. So we always had to depend on what he heard about the show, which for a long time probably wasn't great stuff. And then uh, and then it took a long time for people to tell him that it was great stuff for him to come in. But <laughs> I love that. Probably wasn't great stuff. Yeah. And you, as you know, we covered that in part one. So uh, Bowie's going to go through the, uh, the rundown here of what it took to get him. But um, I think... What you're really listening to is very uh, Jonestown, Jonestownsian. Uh, I don't know how to express it, but some really Jim Jones uh, sycophantic ball washing like you've never heard before. And the callers that they do get in, there's they'll play some of those clips. Have callers there? There's 
you can tell that anybody that wants to complain, if they were going through on the board, their notice would say that and they wouldn't pick up on it. So the people that went on had other questions like, oh, my favorite album is this. So they picked those guys up and in the process of it, those guys were smart enough to slip in a comment about how they thought it went. Uh, but they weren't overtly negative. That's why I didn't end up making the uh, episode too longer to include this because I thought this was a bit of a downer. So, Howard was very excited today. Can we go back to one of the first things you said? I want to debate this even. Do you think good move or douchey move if Howard wears a Black Sabbath T-shirt or a Zeppelin T-shirt? I think the Black Sabbath T-shirt is more acceptable than the Led Zeppelin T-shirt. The Led Zeppelin T-shirt is trying way too hard. The Sabbath T-shirt can be, hey, I'm a fan of music and I happen to have that. But I don't see it as disrespectful. What do you think? I'm one of those people like I don't know. What he thinks of Black Sabbath, I don't know whether he thinks they, rip, you know, I don't know what happened. You mean? So what you're going to hear is Rasan subtly trying to say that Howard's a bit of a douche for even considering the like his attire for Plant coming in. Like, what does it matter what you're fucking wearing? And we discussed this in in part two. And over the years since he's been on the wrap up show, even though on Twitter and social media, Rasan is very um, Benjamin calls him easily triggered Rasan, and it's 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 accurate. He's pretty pretty thin skinned. And, but his role on the wrap-up show ended up becoming a bit more, he was adversarial. He would actually take Howard to task very slightly in a, in a, in a post-summit way compared to the way it used to be. Like, think of the, um, uh, I don't know, like, think about some guests that were a little confrontational. It would totally be, totally be up for debate, and people would call in, and they'd take callers who were negative towards Howard. And leave it at that. That had to stop somewhere down the line. And I'm certain it was a Marcy edict. Like, no negative press, no controversy, fuck this, no negative callers. Or we're dropping that anyway. And people will get in trouble on the wrap-up show if they allowed that to continue. So here's the rest of that clip. In other words, I don't know what his feeling is about Black Sabbath. So I say just go with a gray shirt. Like, just go neutral? Just go neutral. There's no reason to even bring that up. What do you think, Rasan? I think wearing a Led Zeppelin shirt with Robert Plant in studio is a lot like going to a football game and wearing a football jersey. It's very, oh, is that, it's very, you, very corny. Right, are you above up. that? I'm not above it. It's just not for me. All right, let's, not for let, me. let's hold on a minute there. I love that. I love that. I'm not above it, but it's be, <laughs> but it's just not for me. Well, when you say it's not for you, you are saying inherently, I am above it. That's below me. That's beneath me. I would never do that. So no one accused these guys of having smarts. Uh, clip number two is apologist Bowie blaming the guest. And you'll love this. Uh, with Plant, he also, he's from, you know, he's from England. There's something very British about him in the way this interview was conducted. And I know he's the lead singer of Led Zeppelin. He's been a musician for years and, and he's fantastic. But I also think... He has a certain, you know, way he wants to converse, some things he wants to talk about, some things that he doesn't. And Howard, Howard said it six times. He wanted to go through every single Led Zeppelin song with him, which I totally get. But so in this particular case, not yet, like they're not quite at the level of uh, blaming Robert, but already John's setting it up. I think he's so British, you know, uh, this is just the way he is. And, you know, basically blaming Robert Plant for how shitty the interview went instead of saying, look, Howard fanned him. That's just the that's the the, the the beginning and the end of it. He wasn't prepared. He wasn't well read. He wasn't a real Zeppelin fan. Otherwise, he would have talked more about um, just 
you know, I mean, there's so much shit with Zeppelin he could have talked about. He could have talked about the India, the Bombay sessions. He could have talked about some of their tours. He could have talked about the fact that they lived abroad throughout most of the band. If you wanted to talk Zeppelin, he could talk about them being tax exiles for most of their career uh, as, as a band. He could have talked about the groupies, the underage groupies, you know, uh, Laurie Maddox and Sable Star and whoever else. He could have talked about... Um, anything the almost famous movie he could have talked about their unwillingness to let their songs go out to uh just very freely and so he dropped the ball and so to blame the guest i think is very poor form especially when in this case plant was you know he wasn't there for uh he wasn't there to go through every single zeppelin song so i think it's disingenuous Plant was doing a little bit of that, but he was also like, well, I also want to talk about the music we're doing now, which Howard, of course, eventually got to. Right. There. I felt like, you know, Robert, and for all the craziness that you've heard about his career and his rock star, Robert sees himself as British and reserved. And Howard is like, no, 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 you're the rock star. I want to talk to that guy. You could tell how they're two different guys. I mean, they're the same in the level of the success they achieve, I would argue. But they're two very different guys in the way they... That's also another buoy stupidity thing. He sees himself as a very British reserve person. You don't see yourself as... You are who you are, you fucking idiot. And they're just... Again, he's trying to make it that, oh, his British reserve... It would have been intelligent enough to say, I think he's British and they, they have a harder time talking about such things, which isn't really true. If you talk to certain stars, uh, it's not a nationality issue. It's an issue of the person's character, the person's personality. So... They choose to live their lives. And even Howard growing up was all about beating the next guy and the competition. And that's what fueled him. And that's what got him to where he was. And I think he expects Plant to be the same way. And Plant was like, no, I think it's great that those guys did well. Or do you think maybe Robert does think that but wasn't really saying that? It's hard to tell. I mean, he came across to me, and I mean this in the kindest way, this very sort of hippie-ish, very gentle, yes. sort of like, you know, hey, let's all be friends. Let's all be, you know, he doesn't seem to harbor any resentment towards anybody, from what I can tell. And the other thing is... Okay, I had to stop it there just for a bit. He admitted, he admitted uh, he was called an old hippie in the interview, and he said, yeah, I am pretty much a hippie. And the other thing is, and it was we touched on it on part two, those guys, there was no competition. He, he couldn't address it without sounding like an arrogant prick, but he tried to do it in a very political way. Uh, the Zeppelin was the highest grossing concert tour every time they toured, and they sold millions of albums, LPs, whatever, at the time. And they, there was no competition. They were outdrawing Elvis when he was still alive. I mean, he, they, they were. I think they were on the same record company. Atlantic might have been the same as uh, Elvis at some point. And they, he was, he went to meet them backstage. I believe it was covered in Hammer of the Gods, the book, which is supposedly bullshit based on what Marty Lacker has said to me in the past when I asked him about the meeting of Richard Cole and. Um, um, you know, when Richard Cole was with uh, the Memphis Mafia and Elvis and how they exchanged, you know, here, you know, exchanged watches with Elvis and they started doing karate stances with, with uh, Elvis. It was kind of bullshit. It sounded like bullshit anyway. But some of it sounded true because Elvis was very eccentric. That I digress. The the whole the basically the contention was there was no competition when Zeppelin were around. Even all the biggest groups, the Who, uh, like contemporaries of Zeppelin, they all like Sabbath all through the 70s, they weren't on the same level. They just weren't as much a concert draw. So 
kudos on Robert for not being that prick to answer it that way. It must be very difficult if everything he said today was genuine. It must be very difficult to have created something that has meant so much to so many people, probably far more than it means to you. I, I mean, I know Led Zeppelin means a lot to him, but it seemed like it meant a lot more to Howard. Yeah, today. yeah. But I, I do you think that's the case here? I mean, do you think? I mean, people I think care about this show so much, live, breathe this and that. I think a lot of people who work here do as well. But it may mean more to even like a Marianne or a. So the comparison that John Hine is going to bring that basically, uh, do you think that the show means more to a super fan than to Howard? Well, the show means nothing to Howard except for the fact that he makes money off of it. And it's not an apt comparison because you've got a, you've got a, a radio host that's a multi, multi-fucking-millionaire talking to a rock legend. And they're not even in the same employ. They're not even in the same business, really. And one's a legend, and one's a legend in his own mind. And legendary asshole, basically. So... The the app that there it turns out that Wiggy's not the only one who gives shitty comparisons. Bobo right. than it would you know Howard who does it every day. I kind of mm. understand that mentality. Yeah, I mean, I guess like if Marianne got to interview Howard and only wanted to talk about you know I don't know something from the eighties or something like that. But but see, but like Jason was saying today, like almost like what if he interviewed Howard? But I was saying if that were the setup, Howard would know the interview he was coming into, and he, he could either decide not to do it or to do it. But if you know that, that in other words, we, we were pretty upfront that it was going to be a sort of uh, a chronicling of a career. and Fumpering buoy, just giving it right away, throwing plant under the bus, essentially. So even if that were true, I'm certain plant wasn't thinking, oh, they're going to go through nothing but zeppelin so you can't you listen listen to the interview yourself guys we what we didn't include was true uh a lot of uh, not a lot but like three or four songs off the new album but they kind of glossed over them and it was just tokenism like you could tell plant was pissed that they were taking an hour to get to those songs and when they did it really wasn't um intelligent conversation he didn't just dis- discuss the instrumentation the producers he didn't it was all bullshit Clip number three, Jan Hine circling the wagons for King Baby. I think Howard, in his head, made a point that that interview was not going to go by without him telling Robert Plant that Thank You is the greatest love song ever written. He wanted to tell him to his face. It meant a lot to Howard. He said he had the painting and he wrote the lyrics to Beth. And Robert Plant's reaction was great, Gary. Well, first of all, there's a lot of the interview today... Uh, that we got to see that was funny. So w- when when Howard said to Robert Plant, "What's the greatest love song ever?" Robert looked genuinely perplexed. He's like, "I don't know. You tell me." <laughs> I thought he was going to say, "You know, uh, party in the U.S.A." Wang dang, sweep with Yeah, just did some joke, but uh, and he did. Uh, he actually had a lot of jokes. He was having a lot of fun in there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was having a lot of fun. <laughs> you could not get more fecal matter on your tongue if you tried. Um, but the last one is uh, clip number, oh, sorry, it's two more clips. One's called Way to Focus on the Positive Buoy, and we'll hear that right now. I was going to say, uh, there were points in the interview where it seemed like Robert Plant was getting annoyed with Howard. Did, that, did you guys catch that at all a little bit, or was he just playing around? 
I wouldn't say he was annoyed, but I, I think that Robert had a certain idea of the way he wanted the interview to go, and Howard had a certain idea of the way that he wanted the interview to go, and I think both of them are people who have been in, involved in a lot of interviews who can direct the interview. Yes. So when you have two people trying to direct one interview, it can get the way it got today. Yeah, and Howard enjoys that. Um, Plant saying that he sees all relationships as the same, and Howard's like, no, you don't. And he's like, yeah, I do. And, and there was a lot of that back and forth, which made it uh, interesting to hear for sure <laughs> it made it interesting well it did make it interesting for us but not for the reasons you'd have us believe there uh jan hein the last clip is called uh wrap-up show number five ball washing 101 now i had a couple things here so first of all i mean you guys are kind of touching on touching on this a little bit but the uh how to uh i should say uh robert Zulo cage with uh howard about answering questions of his past. I'm just trying to figure out why, though. I mean, now, I mean, he's so celebrated. Why would you not be more excited to talk about these things? You know, I guess it's his prerogative, and it's funny. I, 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 I'm not irritated that he didn't want to answer certain questions. Some people get a pass. Some people, I'm like, you know, I guess it's your personal opinion of what you think of somebody's career. So you can look at somebody and go, who the fuck are you? This is Bowie at his most uh, cloyingly fucking ball washing you could ever imagine, hence the title of the fucking tune, title of the track. Um, you give Robert Plant all that leeway because it took so long to get him. So, and it, the other thing is, Bowie's got to know that this is, you know, there's someone out there that may, some agent, some publicist, if they know the show especially, they know that they're going to have to bring this up on the wrap-up show, so he has to be careful what he's going to say. But he also has to walk that tightrope. He can't be too overly critical of Howard. He should be saying, look, he fucked up the interview. That's just plain and simple. But he can't. And again, imagine 13 years ago, the fucking field day they'd have on the wrap-up show about this interview and the callers that would call in and just savage him. Unbelievable. You just answer all the questions. And then some other people would go, all right. You've sort of done it, so you can answer whatever question you want. See, I was talking to someone who's from the UK, and he said that's a very traditional sort of British way to be. You don't want to answer the question that you, you just don't want to delve into certain things that are going to take you places you don't want to go, so you just don't go there. And I think with Plant, I thought he had a good enough sense of humor to continue to right. do that throughout the interview. And Howard, of course, it was a further challenge for him, and I, they, they went back and forth. And if you listen to there wasn't a challenge, and it's not. It, I hate the fact that they're actually making this down. They're cutting this down to, oh, it's a British thing. It's not about nationality. The fucking your fucking boss fucked it up. He fucked up the interview. He literally had this this blueprint of how he wanted it to go. It didn't go that way. He couldn't go with the flow, which he can never do. Um, I mean, honestly, it's 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 strikingly awful. But either way, there's only a little bit of the clip, so I'll play that a lot of our interviews that to me is always fascinating the path that howard's going to take to get to someone like this <laughs> okay so the, the path that's again that's the the whole of the wrap-up show that um i got for this specific thing now the what happened was there were all kinds of as i mentioned then the howard stern show right up the the pay, main page it was all like you know, they whitewashed the whole fucking thing. And again, we said we were the first to admit it wasn't all bad, but it was real. Most of it was shit. But there were moments where he actually answered questions correctly. And uh, or sorry, uh, Howard asked good questions or decent enough questions that could go somewhere. But the again, the problem was with the host, not with the guest. And what a lot of people in the industry look for is from the Lefsetz letter. That's Bob Lefsetz, who's a noted 
uh, it's on a WordPress site. You can go to leftsets.com slash WordPress and then slash 2017 slash 10 slash 26 slash Robert Plant on Howard Stern. And uh, you'll find the write-up. The comments are on another page for some reason. That's just the way it goes. So I'll read some of it. And the this is a lot of the people, icons in the music industry always go to this website to see his take on things because it's interesting. Bob is a very old school writer, not quite Lester Bangs, but in some ways a lot better. So in any way, here we go. Uh, at any rate, Robert Plant on Howard Stern. He was reluctant. He, the Stern Show is the go-to place to hawk your wares. And obviously Bob Lefsetz doesn't know that nobody, <laughs> nobody sells anything by going on the fucking Stern Show. Obviously, someone told Plant this, but he didn't really get the memo that you were supposed to disgorge your history and inner feelings in an expurgation of your life. Robert was just there to promote his album. He, sh he wasn't sure what day it was, what time it was, or how long he'd been in the States. For him, it was just another promotional opportunity, and he was having nothing of the shenanigans. Again, Bob missed the point. There, wasn't, there were no shenanigans. It's not shenanigans. It's a stupid 79 IQ fucking host, dingbat, closet, fuckhead. Uh, so... It says, you see, um, you see all, he continues, you see all species of stardom have merged. It's one giant club throwing an endless party where everybody is equal. And to get ahead, you post on social media and reveal your foibles and mystery is history. But not with Robert Plant. He said he wasn't dating anyone. But then he revealed he had a girlfriend in an aside. He was pissed that Howard was taking so long to get to the new album and was exasperated when Howard wanted history. For Robert Plant is living in the now. This made for a less than satisfying interview, but it was a great insight into stardom, one we haven't seen since the likes of Henley on Stern a year ago. Um, and I'm, uh, eventually I may go through that. I hate Don Henley. That's one reason why I'm not getting to it. But um, in this case, um, it, it's it, he, he goes, okay, I'll read a little bit. I'll try to finish more of this and you can give your thoughts later. Um uh, but uh, but Henley's notoriously difficult, whereas does anybody truly know who Plant is? He brushed off criticism. He didn't care that Rolling Stone panned the first Zep album. He brushed off the privilege of stardom. It was no big deal meeting Elvis. He expected it. Most musicians rub their hands and tell their blue chip stories, but Robert just recited the facts. He pshawed Howard's theory that Jimmy Page was the love of his life. You could hear the resentment in the mind of the man from the Midlands. Absolutely, you could. Well, it wasn't resentment. It was just <laughs> exasperation. Um, the so and the a good chunk of the Bob Lefset's article is about uh, the the sort of genius of Robert Plant keeping the mystery of stardom alive. Like, don't give them everything. There's an expression in showbiz, if you're feeling, I think it's a, it comes from like a Broadway expression. If you're feeling 100%, give them 70. If you're feeling 70, give them 50. Always leave them wanting more, basically. And um, the further, further along, we'll just go, uh, this is, uh, you read it for yourself. It's a good article, but Bob gets a few key things wrong anyway. Uh, you remember, oh, sorry, Robert Plant, um, was on Howard Stern for 90 minutes, and the end result was we, we knew little more than we did before. Again, I believe this is someone blaming Plant for how the interview went instead of not blaming Howard for not being able to direct traffic, not being able to steer it the way he should have. He brushed away Howard. He brushed away Robin. He was there, but he refused to get off his throne. And while he was mostly affable and available, 
while he was mostly affable and available. It was like a hologram appeared and then it was gone. He left before the show was done and when, that, when implored to come back, he got no rise from Howard's accolades. The best have heard it all before. They know the context. They never came down from their perch. They could see it coming when they were young. They ascended the stairway and became rock stars. Now, again, he's missing the fact that Okay, he, he he does bring up the fact that Howard didn't plug the album until way later in the interview, but he didn't explain, he didn't talk how mind-numbingly boring even Plant noted that it was when they started going through old shit. And he said, you know, look, we could bore whoever it is on this fucking station. He didn't even realize it was Satellite. And he was astute to know that this isn't how an interview should be going. Plant was basically trying to get Howard to say that, to understand that, and he wouldn't. So when you go into... Uh, the comments, there's a comment section in another part of the internet, but it, it addresses this article. So I'll read some of them. Howard's usually stellar research team messed up. He was not well prepared. He didn't know the Led Zepp backstory. It was not Mick and Keith, two kids meeting at a train station. It was a seasoned studio pro scouting for a studio, studio pro scouting for a green front man. Howard didn't know the blues antecedents. Uh, so to so many Led Zeppelin songs, so it came off sycophantic, especially quoting <laughs> copped stuff as original. And we pointed that out. That was funny. Uh, another person has written down, as a longtime Howard Stern listener, this interview couldn't have been more disappointing. Howard sounded amateur, unprepared, and only relied on being a Led Zeppelin super fan. Had he done some real homework as opposed to only reading research notes from Will and Jason, he would have gotten much more. Listen to Robert's SX, uh, SXM... Sirius XM town hall style interview with DJ Bill Flanagan plant is far more interesting, informative and engaged than he was with Sirius XM's $500 million man. And certainly because Howard thinks every fucking question he has is worthwhile and it's not. Now this person, I, I, I didn't quote the names because some people didn't leave them. First of all, it was just an anonymous comment on this section, but I'll read them because this person's clearly just an, a complete retard, retarded sycophant. This fucking this was so, that was fucking so disappointing. Not even the great Stern could open him up or loosen him up. May as well not have even been there. This buddy, this guy is commenting now. He's actually drawing from Bob Lefset's memory of the interview instead of using his own because he's deciding. Okay, it's Plant's fault. No, no, no. When the interviewer is bad, you can always depend on the interviewee to help you out by giving stories like to make your interview happen because you didn't ask the question for these things it's not like let me bring my uh, milton burl or someone let me bring in or bob hope let me bring in my stories of, of hollywood and tell you all about it around the campfire some of these artists if you don't ask the question they won't answer and if you ask another question they're not going to try to make your question interesting by answering something else that you didn't ask you have to you know if you want it well um, structured, that's on you. That's the interviewer's fault. This guy continues, uh, could have been so great, but was a complete dud. His PR people should have briefed him that the, he'd have 20 million listeners in rapt attention if he just went with it, <laughs> which is complete bullshit. Uh, I wonder if Buddy was at, this must, sounds like a staff writer, maybe, um, you know, someone in the back office trying to, to back this up. Uh, because uh, it sounds very summity, you know, the 20 million listeners bullshit. I don't even want to listen to his new stuff, even though the song they played was pretty damn cool because I'm so disappointed by that lame interview. He dodged everything, was noticeably irked by the whole thing. 
just could have been so wonderful to finally get him to open up in a long-form setting. We learned nothing that we didn't already know, except that he was tearing up at the Kennedy Center honors thinking about Bonzo. Well, idiot, we did know because there's long there's video out there, footage on YouTube, so that wasn't new. And again, he dodged everything. He was noticeably irked. He didn't dodge anything. He just didn't. It was mostly Howard talking. Uh, oh, well, he'll never be back. Well, that's true even though he said he would. The next <laughs> the next person said, Howard's going to need months of therapy on just on how poorly his Plant interview went. Clearly, no one told Plant who he was and what to expect, and Howard oddly didn't read the cues and start with new album stuff, which was all Plant was there for. Spot on. Three lines, this person got it. Buddy up, the one just previous to that, that person was just a diehard fan, not willing to listen to his own ears, telling him exactly what went down. Uh, this next person, there's two more. That interview was terrible on so many levels, in good part because Stern dropped the ball as an interviewer. Plant, to- Plant topped, talked about recording with Alison Krauss, but he didn't just do that. He married Patty Griffin and spent years hanging out at alt-rock fests like Hardly Strictly Bluegrass in San Francisco and playing with some of the country's best musicians in that genre. How could Howard pass on asking about that marriage? The old Howard would have known and asked. I argued no, he wouldn't have. Uh, maybe if Howard has asked, yeah, this is again, this is misspellings, guys, I'm reading it. Uh, I'm not, I'm not here to proofread it, but, uh, it's hard to not fuck up when you read it directly. Maybe if Howard had asked knowledgeable, knowledgeable questions, he would have gotten better answers. That's correct. Now this guy, he's no genius himself, but he's right. Uh, then there's the guy Howard's had on who has had the website showing that Zepp stole so much of their music. Sure would have liked to have heard a bit of that dispute. When Howard had that guy on, he was sure much of the music was copped. The evidence was strong, but no pressing plant on that. There are no boring interviews, just boring interviewers, and that one was a flop. Sounded like Farley fawning over Paul McCartney on SNL. Bing. Go. Sorry, guys. That guy hit it on the head for the most part. Now, the last one is really long, and this is from a guy named Andy Beach. He does leave his name. Um, I was wondering if you were going to write about this interview, and I'm glad you did. And my massive respect for your opinion rose when you acknowledged that this was just not a good interview, despite the usual post-interview parade of calls coming in. Hey, now, just wanted to say that this was a great interview with XXXX. But I don't blame this all on plant. Howard, once a master interviewer, has become predictable, formulaic, and clawing. I think he meant to write cloying. When celebs sit on the couch, he assumes all of his interviewees, interviewees are like him, and he often answers, question, answers questions for the subject, projecting and waits for them to agree or disagree, usually the latter. How many times have we heard on parents, Howard, by now your parents must have been saying, look, asshole, you need to give this up, sing, give up the singing bullshit and get a job, guest. No, actually, they were really supportive and great. So your dad was away all the time at work? That must have been incredibly painful, and you really sought his approval, and I think that's why you blah, blah, blah. Guest, haha, no, I knew he had to work. He was great. Howard, no, but seriously, you must have been... He may as well pick up the megaphone and burst into his Ben impersonation. And my God, the obsession with money and what Howard people, what people are getting paid, which is what finally got Plant to get up and attempt to leave when Howard wanted to engage him on the money left on the table by not touring with Paige. I was so happy to hear Robin finally speak up and call him out. There you go again with the money. No one escapes. He expects every celeb to be as comfortable and proud to talk about the dollars involved as Amy Schumer. It's incredibly hard to listen to impress. No, but I'm serious. Someone not as obsessed with dollars as Howard is though he himself would never talk about his own finances. Again, hypocrite. Uh, So when your show becomes a hit, 
you must have really it must have really pissed you off to be making so little an episode. Then you have a hit album and suddenly you're filling stadiums. You must have been out of your mind making millions of dollars. How much did you make that year? And it's the same inter- thing every interview. Dig around for dirt, causation from childhood, theories on their creativity and massive pressures that come with it. How much are you making? Though his show is as great as funny as ever, this is where the guy loses it, especially with the brilliant new crop of minds in the back, in particular former prank caller Chris Wilding. His interviews used to hit him with the hind, but now they've jumped the shark. I know they're very different shows, but the best, most revealing interviews are happening on WTF, and I don't think it's a coincidence that Marin is getting everyone where Howard is left saying, I want to interview Bruce. Springsteen. Well, Andy, you hit most of it on the head, um, but uh, I mean, you, you definitely lose lose it when you talk about um, those idiots. And there was a couple articles, one on showbizcheatsheet.com, and it's uh, it was came out on the 18th, 2019. It's uh, like years later, but this was worth an article. So two years after the interview, the guy decided let's you know this guy named eric Schall. he decided i'm going to write about it when led zeppelin robert robert led zeppelin's robert plant buried howard stern on his own show uh and so uh when plant made his first appearance on howard stern's show in 2017 howard didn't bombard the rock legend with questions about a reunion However, well, he did. However, he did seem to forget about Plan's long and fruitful solo career. Eventually, Plan turned his razor-sharp wit on Howard. It was fairly brutal. After tiring of Stern, Plan asked, Where'd you find this guy? Plant's October 17th visit had Howard in high spirits. I love this guy. I fucking love Led Zeppelin, he said before speaking with Plant. I've got to talk to him about so much, but Howard apparently didn't love him enough to respect his solo career. After a heavy dose of Zeppelin questions, Plant basically told Howard it was time to move on, but Howard didn't stop. Then I go back and back because I was hyper-focused on thinking that's what the audience wanted, Howard told the New York Times Magazine. I'm going to go into that magazine and then go back. Uh, Just one moment. Uh, This is the New York Times Magazine article in the archive. Um, I'm not sure of the date, but uh, I can... uh, Hold on. 219-05-09. I'm sure that's May 9th. Uh, does it bother you when an interview subject is performing what they th- think you want in an inter- interview rather than just being in the moment? And then he, he responds, this is Howard, look, there are some people who are so closed off they don't want to go there. My biggest fault as an interview is I, if I, is I keep trying. If I don't get the cum shot, it's, 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 it's uh, truncated here because they don't allow it, but I'm sure that's what he meant to say. I go home and beat the fuck out of myself. <laughs> right. Uh, what's an example? And then he says, Robert Plant. I'm such a fan of that guy, and I took the wrong approach. He came in, and I'm dying to ask him about Led Zeppelin. I wanted every detail. After a while, he says something like, I don't want to talk about Led Zeppelin. He never said that. He never said, I don't want to talk about it. He said, I'm not used to talking about it in the this much detail, and also I've got a record coming out. Usually you don't have to tell this. You, the guy knows what he's there for. How, uh, Howard continues. Then I go back and back because I was hyper-focused on thinking that's what the audience wanted. So in some ways, I blew it with him. In some ways, you blew it with him. Okay. Uh, we continue back to the cheat sheet article. Soon enough, Plant took matters into his own hands, live and on the air. Following a question about why he didn't write his autobiography, Plant said because he was still alive. He added, where did you find this guy? And he also spoke less than admiringly of Howard's talent. I thought maybe I can do something like this, Plant said. I could be really absurd and ask these fucking stupid questions to people. Do you always have people in and do this? Somehow, this part of the interview didn't make it into the roundup on Howard's site. Uh, By the end of the the interview, 
Plant didn't seem angry with Howard, but he appeared to walk away with the impression that Stern was a clown. A question on what he felt about Led Zeppelin Zeppelin winning a Grammy Award in 2008 for Celebration Day, a reunion concert, might reveal why. Well, I've never had any other ones, actually, Plant said. 300 million albums later, I think we got one Grammy. Considering Plant won five Grammys in 2008 alone, that was likely an inside joke. Why would a guy who's won seven in the past few years care about that? Howard realized he botched the plant interview. He told the Times he took the wrong approach and in some ways blew it with him. Even though it ended up among Howard's biggest fuse with musician on, musicians on Ultimate Classic Rock, it probably wasn't a deal breaker. I've got another record coming out in three years, Plant said after Howard thanked him effusively for coming. I'll be back. If Howard goes off the reservation again, he knows what to expect from Plant. Now... So that's pretty much it. Um, I, I don't know that there's much more to glean from this except, um, you know, from Redditors and different forum sites and even the old place because we, uh, we covered it. We, you know, we covered it at the time and, and years later it was just always brought up as the worst interview and it might still very well be. I think there's a few that uh, get up there as well. But... Um, at any rate, I hope you guys appreciate this last little bit. For those of you who wanted a little completion, it is here for you. And um, please enjoy what we've got coming up next. And this is going to be coming out uh, without any fanfare. Like I said, no live chat. It's just going to be extra content for you. Um, coming up this weekend, which is going to going into the weekend of, uh, let's see, almost this uh, April 17th. We've got on Thursday, uh, the, uh, let's see if I got this right, Thursday the f- 16th, we've got uh, I Am Not a Fanook Part 1, that breakdown that Raven and I did, and the Sunday is going to be Part 2, which is a lot, lot longer, I would say half hour longer than the Thursday one. And the reason why we're doing this is because not only did we not have the plant interview um, featured as a live chat, and we did miss that. Sorry, guys. Couldn't do anything about it. We decided we want to get a little faster go faster forward because of the delay we had getting these breakdowns through. So uh, you can expect that. And the week following this Sunday, so after I'm not a Fanook Part 2, you're going to get the Arsenio Rescinding, which we've already recorded, and we know you're going to enjoy that one. Um, coming up soon, I'll tell you more about that on our Facebook site. Those of you who want to donate, thank you so much. Uh, you can go on PayPal, which is in the description. You can go send like just a a one-off donation. If you want to go on Patreon, that's even better. Even if it's just a buck, guys, you think it means nothing, but it really, a buck a month means so much to us. And it all goes into equipment. We've got new voices coming in. We're going to be doing a couple of, um, special things for you guys. And uh, I'll tell you more about it when we get closer to recording that. So thank you all. We love you. Stay safe. Stay warm. And we'll see you on the next one.